Welcome to the study of God's Word with pastor and author Ed Taylor, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, here's Pastor Ed to take us into our study. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles, open them to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Wives Matter. Wives Matter. Why? Because it's easy to become confused and mixed up in how to lead our families in the 21st century. There are a lot of opinions out there on what is right and what is wrong. What is moral? What is immoral? What's correct and incorrect? What is the role of the wife? What's the role of the husband? And there's now a whole new dialogue and discussion on top, before we ever get to definitions of wives and husbands, which can be so confusing and mixed up in our culture, but now we are mixing up what our identity is and who we are, and and even though we were born a certain way, now there's this emphasis, you can choose to be whoever you want and live that way and demand people to accept that and to change their definitions. But you know, while the world is changing, God's word doesn't change. While the world is changing their opinions and changing their minds on things and, and emphasizing different definitions for what husband and wife mean, the Bible doesn't change. And yeah, we live in a culture where marriage is being redefined, husband and wife are being redefined. I mean, sometimes they don't even use those words anymore. They'll use words like, we have significant others and we have life partners or house buddies or whatever it might be these days. And we need to come back to God's word because he has specific help for us in our family relationships, for you and for me. He has direction and definition for us. And in this series on family matters, we're addressing these roles from God's perspective. What God has, God invented marriage. God invented people. He created us. He knows what's best for us. And he not only invented marriage, but he defines it for us. And today we look at, in the order that Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Ephesus, we look at the wife, and notice in verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So let's pause there and just address it the way it is. I recognize that when the word submission is used right away, it's not an easy word to hear. There are a lot of words that aren't easy to hear. There are a lot of words that we use that are difficult to listen to. Words like death and hell and depression and recessions and being fired. You might, you might look at the word divorce or foreclosure or cancer or infertile, those are all hard words, especially when they hit home in your own personal life. Submission is one of those words, it's hard. It goes against the grain. That's why we need to be reminded to submit because it goes against the grain. But when it comes to teachings on marriage and on wives, we need to allow the Bible to say what it says and we need to receive it so that the Holy Spirit can help us. But I know right away there'll be defensiveness because of your own personal situation. But there's really no need to be defensive, but rather open to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. 
Submission is one of those harder words to hear, and I recognize that it can be misunderstood because it has been misused, and it's been used to hurt people and to hurt women. But submission is never an excuse for someone to, for someone to make anyone, or we could put it in the context of a marriage, submission is never an excuse for a husband to abuse his wife or to make her or demand that she be a doormat or a whipping post. It's never okay for abuse in marriage. And it certainly has been used that way and it's been used wrongly and unbiblically. As we speak of submission, it may cause some of you ladies to respond in the flesh and want to protect yourself. But my prayer has been, as I know, heading up in this direction, knowing what we're going to look at, knowing what we're going to be reminded, my prayer has been that you receive this that it moves our church and motivates us, that our homes in this series will be revitalized and refocused on what's important, that we would become the examples in our community of what it looks like for a marriage to make it in this world, because we must be the church. So ladies, women, be careful not to fall into the trap of both being defensive, but also be careful not to fall into the trap thinking that men are your enemies. Or that I as a pastor are your enemy. Or I could already think, you know, anticipating what's going to be going on. Not necessarily out loud, but in the hearts of those listening. who's like, well, here it is again. A man telling me how to be a wife. Uh, I'm actually not. I don't know how to be a wife. I know what God's word has to say, but I'm not a wife. I'll never be a wife. I don't know how it is to be a wife, but I do know this. When I read the Bible and I fulfill what God's role for me as a husband I know that when women, wives, will read the Bible, you can live out God's will for your life as a wife. I know that for a fact. And I just want to declare to you that I'm not your enemy. That both as a brother in Christ, as a pastor over this flock, just coming alongside of you, I'm not your enemy. I love you. I want to see what's best in your home. I would love for our pastors to have less marriage counseling. I would love for our pastors to, over, to, to, to be involved in far less divorces. I would love to see our pastors and our leadership here move forward in reaching the city than dealing with angry, bitter people all the time because their homes are broken. God has a will for your life. And if you will simply come to him and trust him with your life, he will lead you and guide you and disciple you, wives, as the ladies that God wants you to be. And so as moms, as wives, as single women, even if you're divorced or widowed today, God wants to speak to you on the topic of marriage. Why? Because a marriage saved is a powerful thing. To have that testimony. It's one of the encouraging things when we have our marriage retreats. To have that season of time where a few couples are identified to come up and share God's testimony in our life on just how bad it got, how close it was to utter destruction, and God rescued them. That's powerful. There's a powerful thing when God enters in and saves a marriage. And it begins here, notice again, in verse 22, wives, submit to your own husbands. There's really two words used here in Ephesians to describe the wife's role in the home. It's submit and subject. Submission and subjection. And if you look these words up in the original language, they are of similar origin. They're almost the same exact word. And the word is defined as serve or willingly respond or willingly yield. It also comes to us from the world of the military that speaks of submission and 
falling in line in an orderly fashion, doing things right. And here the wife is told and instructed to yield and willingly respond to her own husband as to the Lord. This is an instruction to your own husband. You're not to have this mindset with every husband, every man. This is for your own husband. They say that twice, you notice? He says it again in verse 24, to their own husbands. You're focused to be on your husband, not on anyone else's. No one else's husband or any man has the authority over your life like your own husband. And you entered into this relationship, ladies, by taking a covenant on your marriage day. And of all the things that it was beautiful and wonderful on your wedding day, the, the most important part of your wedding day were your vows and your commitment to your husband. And one of the commitments that you make, and, and if we officiate, if I officiate the wedding, one of the co covenants you will make it will be exactly what the Bible says. You will verbalize before your husband, your future husband, and the witnesses that you will willingly submit to them until the return of Jesus Christ. So you actually verbalize the word of God in your marriage vows. Submission is the willingness to cooperate with and adapt to the needs of those we love. You could say, wives, and I'm quoting Linya Heitzig here, Pastor Skip's wife, a quote, let go of the rope. Don't have a tug of war with your husband. If you let go, God will take hold and they won't be able to wrestle with God. And so what does Linnea say here? She says, you know, it's not always going to be easy. It may not be easy day one, moment one. First breath of being a wife may be the beginning of a very difficult road for you. But you need to learn to let go and allow the Lord to be on your side. And so we begin speaking to wives today because that's the order. But men, you get it next. And I don't want you skipping out. We already know who you are. We know exactly why. You're, if you're here today, you must be here tomorrow because we're actually not letting you go all week. You're going to stay here all week until while I prepare and put the finishing touches because these things go together. There are two roles in the home, not one. Your home and the success of your home does not depend entirely upon wives. The success in the home is a wife and a husband living out their God-given roles as one. And so, men, I don't want you skipping out next week. See, when you guys, men, when you throw around passages like this and you just walk, you start walking around telling your wife, I knew it, I knew it, Pastor Ed was right, you must submit to me, woman. You are backwards and upside down. And you can tell me how it went because it's not going to go very well. Submission is not anything you can demand. You can't demand respect, men. You can only earn it. And you can't demand submission it can only be an obedient choice of the wife unto the Lord that you get to enjoy. It is an obedient choice of the wife unto the Lord that is enjoyed by the husband and children if they're in the home. You can't demand it. If you are in a position of demanding it, then you are neither scriptural or spiritual. As a matter of fact, if this word or this scripture is used by the husband in the home as a means of manipulation or guilt or even as a marital weapon, you and your home are upside down. That is not God's will. Men, your wife is not your personal slave. She's a helpmate, a perfect complement to you. Equal, listen wives, you are equal to your husband in God's eyes 
in every way. And that's important you receive that. Because unfortunately, over the years, there has been a subjugation of women under the authority of men, somehow sending the message or even making women less than men. And that's just not true. You are equal in every way. Women don't ever doubt this. God places a high value on every single woman. A woman is not less than a man when it comes to their value. I'll throw out a very fancy word if you want to use it in conversation in the future. It's a big seminary theological word. You can say that I am ontologically equal with man. Ontological. It simply means nature. Men and women We're both created in the image of God and are equal when it comes to their value. Now, let's just be clear here. Even though we're equal in value, we have different roles. Men and women are profoundly different. There are much that is the same, but we are different. We're different in how we see the world. We're different in our physical makeup. We're different in our DNA identity. We're different in our approach. We're different anatomically. We're different. There's just no way around that. In a world that wants to blur the lines, it's just common sense shows that we have differences among us. But although we have differences, different doesn't mean bad. It just means different. And there are important differences under the banner of the book of Genesis of our equality. A woman is an equal creation of God made in his image. And even in the beginning, man and woman were given equal dominion over God's creation. And so ontologically, we're equal. We become perfect complements to one another in marriage. The wife is to be a helper suitable for the husband, his completer. A wife is not to be her husband's competitor, but rather completer. And together with our differences, we become more than we could ever become individually. But along the way, man's fallen nature corrupted this relationship. And some of you experience the pain of that in a very difficult way where men can become very misogynistic, very degrading, and can view women as something other than their God-given right in society. And it's always wrong. And it's a million times more wrong in the church of Jesus Christ, where Jesus has liberated women. Jesus has placed women back in the place that they belong. But it isn't anything new, lest you think it's like a 21st century thing. It's not. It's been with us from the beginning of time. You know, the battle of the sexes, the competition between the sexes began in the Garden of Eden. The moment after sin, there was frustrating tension between men and women. You know, in the first century, the Jews used to pray this prayer. Listen to it. It's sad. And I quote, God, thank you that I'm not a Gentile, that I'm not a woman, and that I'm not a dog. The The Romans believed that a woman was just one step above the slave, but many steps below a man. Women were the property of the husband, and they were treated like a child. Romans would often have three women in their lives. They would have the official wife that would be giving them the children. They would have a wife to take care of the affairs of the home. 
And then they would have a wife like a concubine to take care of any of the man's sexual desires. And they just viewed women as property, which is always a sin. But God has said in his word in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, you are all one in Christ Jesus. And God has placed the most highest value on you ladies that can possibly be placed on a human being, and that was the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And you are equal in every way in the eyes of God. It's important to understand the point made here by the Holy Spirit as he begins on this section in Ephesians. The point being made here is in the realm of roles and responsibilities. And the idea of submission is a universal idea. It's not simply the responsibility of the wife. Let's go back and look at this so you can just go back a few verses to verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 5. We don't have time to develop this, but when I, when I taught this verse by verse, all those studies are up on the web, we developed this principle of the broader teaching of submission. Because submission is very important and valuable in a culture, in our society. And, and the point is made here in Ephesians, beginning in verse 15, as he's writing to everyone, he says, see then that you walk uprightly, or carefully, or circumspectly, depending on what's in your Bible. See then what you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And we go, okay, what's the will of the Lord? Verse 18, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then the next, very next thing, Wives, submit to your husbands. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives. And, and you'll move on to the different roles and responsibilities. Chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents. These are all necessary responsibilities and roles that we have in order to live a life, not only that pleases God, listen, not only that pleases God and brings him glory, but also a life that you can enjoy. Do you know it's God's will for you to be happy and enjoy your life? and enjoy the place of life that you're in right now. That we often refer to that as contentment. And I know we as pastors, when we make that point, we'll make a strong distinction in the Bible. And it is a Bible distinction between joy and happiness. I wanna remind you that even though there's a distinction between them, God wants you to have both of them. He wants you to be happy and joyful. He wants you to be happy in your circumstances and joyful in him. And as you are, you find that as you enjoy, as you enjoy happiness and experience joy, it comes through your willing obedience to fulfill your role in the home. And a key to biblical submission is to realize that Jesus himself is the greatest example. I want you to hold your places in Ephesians. Would you turn back to John for a moment with me? The Gospel of John chapter 4. The greatest example of submission is Jesus himself, God in human flesh, leaving glory, coming to earth, and listen to his attitude, his role, and his responsibility as the eternal son of God. 
John chapter four, verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. I am willingly doing my father's will. Look at chapter six now, verse 38. Chapter six, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And as you're turning back to Ephesians 5, let me read to you Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, God the Son, willingly and voluntarily submitted. And wives, that is what God is commanding you to do, to voluntarily and willingly submit to your husband. Submission in the home begins with a mutual submission to Jesus. Mutual submission in the fear of God. It is not solely the responsibility of the wife to be in submission to Jesus Christ, but rather everyone in the home is to be submitted to Christ, that our lives are be submitted to him. And it's out of that spiritual submission, it's another way of saying love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, the same can be said about your submission. There is mutual submission to the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, where you willingly and voluntarily submit yourself to do the will of God, then there is a mutual submission in the home. And the wives have a unique command to submit to their own husbands. And there's two things there. There's an attitude in the home that's reciprocal, right? We're submitting to one another in the Lord, but there's also an atmosphere in the home, and that is a reverence for God. And so the Holy Spirit speaks through Paul and says, wives, submit willingly yield, voluntarily surrender to your husbands just as you do with Jesus. Because notice back in verse 22 again, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord for the husband is the head of his wife. Now that's another problem that's often felt by ladies thinking, man, what do you mean that my husband is better than me? It doesn't say that. Or more important than me, it doesn't say that. You actually, next to the word head, you could write this word, authority, which you know, some of you are like, well, that doesn't help me, Ed. My husband's my authority. But the authority, the authority is similar to the authority of Jesus. You see, in the home, there is order, and the order is your husband is the authority in your home, which is where we get, men, that you are to be the leader of your home. A lot of times men are upset about that. You're like, well, who said I'm the head of the home? The Lord did, and he says it right here. You are the final authority in your home, which means that you're going to answer to God for the responsibility you've been given as the authority of your home. But you know, your husbands, ladies, as you choose to submit to your husband as unto the Lord, and again, the banner of this, because inevitably I'll get emails of some extreme uh, thing that says, what, I, why should I submit to this? Why should it? It's sinful. Listen, Never in a million years will I ever teach you, nor does the Bible teach you, to submit to something sinful. Never, ever, ever. That's always the banner. But just in case it's not, you know, you need reminding again, you're never called to submit to something that's sinful. Never, ever. You with me, ladies? Never. So never, ne don't let anyone ever try to convince you, well, you know, it's okay because it's not okay. You don't submit to sin. But most of the problems in the home actually aren't sinful at all. It's a lack of submission because of a fleshly response. That's really the issue that's being dealt with here. 
and your submission is required in the home. That's God's desire for you. You, So so you think, well, you know, wait a minute, Ed. Um, I don't like the idea of my husband being my authority. But you see, your husband also has an authority. He's not the final authority. Jesus is the final authority. So, So you can take comfort in knowing that God is the head of your home. If your husband is failing, then, then you are then to submit to Christ and submit to your husband as unto the Lord, not to sin, but as unto the Lord. But your husband has a final authority. We're not doing this on our own. Jesus is the head of our home, just like he's the head of the church. And Genesis 3, according to Genesis 3, sin has messed up this cooperative, this cooperative relationship. Sin has messed up every relationship in our company today. It's the reason why we fight, why we get angry with one another, why we give each other the silent treatment, all of that above. It's all because of our sinful selfishness. Remember we learned last time, the biggest problem in your marriage is not them, it's you and your own personal selfishness. My own personal selfishness. That that is the reality. And sin has corrupted all that. God is redeeming and buying back, taking us back from all these sinful habits that we've created. When you think of old sinful habits, I want you to think of what the Bible declares the flesh. When you hear the flesh being mentioned, very rarely is it referring to the skin on your bones. It's referring to your old sinful habit patterns. Your immediate sinful response when you're hurt, when you're rejected, when you're angry, when things don't go your way, that response that is not pleasing to God. And when we talk about these difficult things, you know, submission is hard, it's not natural. And submission is never, rarely needed when we agree. When we agree, we enjoy life together. When we agree, this is so funny, maybe this is your house, maybe it's not. But but whenever we're like, hey, what do you want for dinner tonight, Marie? You know what the answer is? I don't know, what do you want? Like, why would I ask you if, like, and then you go round and round and round, and then finally you're like, okay, this is what I want. Well, you know, I don't want that. <laughs> I'm like, what is your problem, woman? Pick something to eat, then, then just get what you want. No, I want to know what you want. And you know, that's like how many little things like that. But on that rare occasion at dinner, when you both pick the same place, there's unity and joy. And it's like that in other areas, isn't it? You know, dinner is not really the most significant thing in our lives. But I'm saying this, when marriage is working, it's fun. It's enjoyable. There's a blessedness to unity. And wives, you have a very big responsibility in your home to help bring about that unity. You're not solely responsible. We'll get to the husbands next time but you have a really large responsibility. Hold your place. Would you turn over to Proverbs chapter 14? Proverbs chapter 14. It'll be your Proverbs reading tomorrow if you go through Proverbs one by one. But I want to show it to you today so that you can understand the role that God gives to you. Psalm 14, excuse me, Proverbs 14, verse one. In Proverbs 14, verse one, listen. Every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish 
pulls it down with her own hands. And can I say, wives, one of the ways that you destroy your own home is by disobeying God's role for you in the home. A biblical Christ-centered marriage thrives in today's world. Wives submitting to their own husbands, husbands loving their wives as Christ loves the church. I know submission is very unnatural, but I rarely, to my knowledge today in my memory, I cannot recall ever meeting a wife who is experiencing the love of her husband that isn't willing to submit to that love. When she feels the safety and security of unconditional love in the home, in our imperfections, in our weaknesses, I really cannot recall a woman saying to me, I I just, unless they're just like super rebellious and they got different issues that God's dealing in their life, but when there's an atmosphere of unconditional love and a safety and security, submission comes easy, or I would say easier. Submission comes easier for a wife when she feels secure in a husband's love for her that is unconditional and that she knows without a doubt that he will be there for her. Those are the roles, but you can only do it by God's strength. Marriage can be the most exciting thing on the earth, the closest thing to heaven on earth. People should be able to look at our marriage and see the mystery of Jesus' love for us together. Marriage is modeled after redemption. It's to point people heavenward toward Jesus. But you know, as close as it can be to a taste of heaven on earth, marriage can also taste like hell on earth. And it can be so painful and challenging and difficult when a husband isn't loving his wife as Christ loved the church and a wife is not submitting to her husband as to the Lord, understanding his authority and understanding God's authority over her husband, praying for him. And as we mentioned earlier, Peter will say this. Peter will say this when he addresses husbands. He he uses the phrase, even if some don't obey the word, even if some don't obey the word, it is a wise choice to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord up to the point of sin. That's the line, up to the point of sin. And marriage, you know it takes work, it takes diligence, it takes effort to invest in our marriages. And that's, there's this natural but unspiritual desire in both the husband and the wife to unbiblically rule over the house, to exact a power trip on each other. But with the right attitude of mutual submission and the right atmosphere of a healthy fear of the Lord, The wife's loving submission to the husband, we'll find out in our next study, is the husband's responsibility to love his wife as Christ loved the church. It's a beautiful thing. Now, as we wind down, some of you wives by now might be thinking, that's fine and good, Ed, but you don't know my husband. I may or may not know your husband, but I've met him a thousand times. We've seen our fair share of difficult, and I may have been your husband in uh, many ways in my actions toward my own wife and knowing what she's had to put up with, with me. You see, you may look and go, hey, my husband's no Jesus Christ, that's for sure. He's a creep and a mean man. And he doesn't, he says he goes, we go to church, but he doesn't really live like that at home. 
But you know, God isn't taking you down that road to find excuses for you not to be a godly woman. He's not laying that out for you. And here you are being told once again to submit into a very difficult situation, to surrender yourself to Jesus so that you might surrender yourself to your husband and not rule over him. There are many born-again women listening to me who lead their homes and rule over their husbands. And that's not God's will for your life. It's contrary to the word of God. I know sometimes it's because the husband isn't fulfilling his role. And I know sometimes there's a a woman that is leading the home and taking all the leadership because the husband doesn't have a strong walk with the Lord. Or maybe he doesn't have a strong personality. Or maybe he's a hypocrite. Or maybe he's a drunkard. Or maybe there's a thousand other things. But I have found the more a spiritual woman truly is, the deeper she will desire to do that which pleases Jesus and come alongside of her husband to help him lead, to submit to him. Why? It may be the only way he gets saved. It may be the only way that he gets right with the Lord. It may be the only way that God will infuse in your home the kind of power that's needed for you to survive. And I know when you hear the word submission, you cringe because it's hard. It's not just a word that's given to a woman in relationship to her husband, though. It's a word that God gives to every single believer. We live in submission so much, you may not recognize it anymore. Like like right now, in the context of our time together, there, there is a mutual submission we all agree to that helps make an environment, makes this environment one where right now, in this moment, we can receive the word of God. Like like we have all decided that for the sake of myself and others around me, I'm going to focus on the teaching of God's word that comes from the front of the room, and I'm going to pay attention, and I'm going to stay relatively quiet, and and I'm going to focus and take notes. Because I tell you what, right? if right now someone decided not to be submissive, if someone just decided, you know what, I'm going to stand up and play my tambourine back in the back row. Do you know that would be very disruptive to our time right now? Or if there were 10 people that came with their, the tambourine band traveling through town and they're coming to church here and they're going to go, okay, right at that moment when the pastor makes a point, everybody stand up with your tambourines and start singing. Don't you think that would bother you? I think it would. I'll tell you what would happen. Everything would stop. You would all watch the guys and the gals with the tambourines and there would be a lack of mutual submission that would immediately cause chaos among us. But you are in an environment where you go, no, I am willing, I really want to play my tambourine and I'm thankful that you are mentioning it right now. I have it in the car. Is that really a possibility? Because I bring it with me everywhere. No, it's not a possibility. But, but if you did, you know, you, you know, just say you're that person, I, I like playing my tambourine everywhere, but you left it in the car because you already anticipated that I'm there for Bible study. And it's the same thing, if I, Pastor Ian and his team is up here leading worship, and I decide, you know what, I think I want to teach right now. And I walk up, and I kind of bump Ian, and I, kick, I, I hit the drums, and I'm like, it's time to teach, it's time to teach. It would be just weird. It would be weird and chaotic. Because during the time of worship, even I, in my role as a pastor, I willingly yield and submit myself to what God's doing in the room. I'm not the most important person here. God is the most important person. And so he gets the attention by our willing, mutual submission. Our willing, mutual submission. And in the home, it's the same. If there is chaos and a lack of submission, I would say this, if there's a lack of submission mutually, then there's going to be chaos in your home. 
But chaos in your home does not minimize your responsibility, wives, to submit to your husbands, your own husbands, as unto the Lord. And still yet, you're like, but Ed, my husband is a tyrant. He's saved, but you wouldn't know it. There isn't any fruit in his life. And I realize there are extreme cases. Extreme cases where drugs are involved, sexual abuse, physical abuse, dangers to kids. Listen, if that's part of, you're in an extreme situation, that's time to get out to a place of safety so that God can begin to sort things out. You're not to submit to these types of things, no. But here's the thing, we have a tendency to use the extreme to try to define the normal. And if you're not in an extreme situation today, you're just in a difficult situation, the Bible stands true. The extreme situations, you remove yourself for safety so you can get back to a normal situation. But you can't use the extreme or maybe the extreme of a long distance past or fears or things that would bring you, go, you know, there's an exception, Ed, to this verse and it's my life. There isn't an exception to this rule. This is why so many divorces take place. Why the divorce rate among the church is just as high or higher sometimes than the world. There are times where you do need to get to a place of safety, but most of the time is an answer to get to a place of humility before God. Because you know, submission, obeying God's word requires humility. It requires, whenever we stand up to demand our rights, we're standing up in a position of pride and arrogance. But rather we want to sit down and we want to come low to submit ourselves to the Lord and say, this is your will for my life, God. Remember I learned, Remember we learned last time that one of the greatest tools of discipleship in your life is your spouse. But you too are being discipled to what? Why are you being discipled by your spouse? Why are you being discipled in this difficult situation? So that you might grow in grace. That you might grow in your dependence upon the Lord. You might grow in your prayer life. That's why difficult, that's what difficulties do to our lives. It drives us to our knees. The Bible says in Proverbs 19 verse 14, Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And might I say, a prudent wife obeys the word. Proverbs chapter 12, verse four. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And you see, most homes are upside down today because of disobedience, apathy, and a spiritual rebellion in one or two, either the husband or the wife. And it's not God's will for you ladies to run your house. You're not the head. You have a different role, different responsibility, one that you can enjoy that doesn't bring so much pain and difficulty and confusion into your life. Well, lack of submission, listen, jot it down. A lack of submission always brings confusion, always. There is a cooperative effort in every home that when we are cooperating with one another, it's just a beautiful thing. So much less stress and difficulty. In a messed up marriage, in a difficult home, all it takes is one person to begin to right the wrongs. All it takes is one person to begin to fulfill God's role. And ladies, until you quit fighting with your husband on the issues that are like not sinful issues, but issues until you stop fighting, it's just gonna be constant confusion and difficulty. It's going to continue to be hard. 
you're gonna continue to feel isolated and alone because your role is to submit to your husband and allow the Lord to deal with him. Listen, the Lord knows how to deal with him. If it is not a sinful decision, it's just one you don't like, you said, I do. Because I'll tell you what, on the other end, as we get to husbands, there are times when there are decisions wives make that husbands aren't happy with. That's the normal human condition. But the response is not to withhold love for the husband, right? Just, a, just because a husband's upset in the home, you, don't, you're respond, you can't stop loving your spouse. And the same is true for you. You say, well, I just don't like what he's doing right now. I don't like his decision. I want it this way. You just can't stop submitting because you don't like it. No wonder your house is upside down. No wonder you're in a season of difficulty. No wonder you're starting to feel distant. No wonder you're starting to think, oh, I don't love him anymore. Well, it, it, it may just be because you, you aren't feeling the feelings of love anymore because you've purposely withheld yourself by not submitting. So as we look at our homes and our roles, it doesn't matter if everyone's getting divorced. It doesn't matter if all your friends are handling it this way or that way. It doesn't matter if the world says it's okay or is redefining things so that one of the new world's definitions is more attractive than God's definition. It doesn't matter. We need to choose to follow him no matter the cost, church, because your marriage is either a symbol or a denial of Jesus Christ in his church. And like I said, men, we'll get to you next week because God has a role for you as well. And I stand here today living proof that God can change and rescue a marriage and change a man and a woman. You won't believe how much Maria's changed over the years. <laughs> but together we've changed dramatically. We are not the punk rebellious kids we were when we got married. We are not the rebellious young people that when we did get married, we just started to live our lives on our own. We're learning continually. And even though I can have a testimony like that, and I'm very grateful for it, it's like a gift from God to me. My testimony is not the most important demonstration of the healthy marriage. You know what it is? God's word. If you will follow God's word, you too will have a testimony. You will. You will be able to say, Man, we hit a rocky point here. We had a difficult point there. But when we collectively and mutually chose to follow God's word, he began to work. And he began to turn things around. And still one more thing. You are still here and you're thinking, yeah, but Ed, I've been doing this for 10 years and nothing has changed. And it's been hard 10 years. I can only imagine how hard it's been. But I'll tell you something, a lot of things have changed in those 10 years. Number one, you've changed. You've become a softer, more moldable person, more moldable woman in the hands of God. Number two, let me, you may not see this, but let me remind you. Because of your choice to willingly submit in the areas God's called you over the last 10 years, and you don't see much change in your spouse, let me tell you, number two, things have not gotten worse because of your willing disobedience. Because you could have made things much worse by just joining in and saying, you know what? If he doesn't, then I won't. But we're reminded once again, aren't we? Someone else's sin against us is never God's permission for us to respond in sin. You will never hear from heaven, okay, Ed, you've been waiting for this day. Okay, wife, today's the day unleash the fury 
No. Jesus says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And instead of taking things in our own hands, we can trust God with our lives, with our families, with our singleness. Submission's important for you widows, for you singles. As we submit unto the Lord, we find our satisfaction in him. Father, thank you for your word today. It is a powerful one to us. Um, challenging for sure, but so good as we are reminded of your will for our lives and our marriages. And so I pray for the challenges today, for the difficulties. I pray, God, for the marriages that are doing great and wonderful. We have just that testimony. Yes, things are going well. Thank you, God. They're going well because of your faithfulness, not our, our own good works. We just see what you say and follow you. We have ears to hear what your spirit says, and we're going to do it. So we want to give you the glory that you've brought us thus far. And that you have. You've brought us thus far. And you've brought us thus far so that you might take us all the way. So bless the marriages. Bless the singles. Comfort the widows. May they be encouraged in you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.